Well, hey, Liverpool One Church, it really is amazing to have you with us and joining us wherever you are from for church online today. And let me just say this right now, it is true that we have been able to get back into our facility to film, but we just want you to know right from the off, right from kickoff, that as soon as the government advice allows us to open things up a little bit, then we're going to try and do that. But at the same time, we're going to be real cautious in it because we understand there's two sides to the argument right now. There's a pendulum, isn't there, right? I mean, there's some of you and you're like, man, let us in church now. We want to go. We're ready. We've had enough of this. Let's open the doors. And then on the other side, there's a bunch of people who are like, no, no, hang on a second. Like that would be crazy. It's too early. Let's be sensible. Let's be safe. And we understand both sides of the argument. So we're committed to doing it at just the right time in an environment where everybody can be safe. But it really is amazing that you're with us for church today. And make sure if you're around between two and three this Sunday, You come by, drive by and say hi because Emma and I and some of our staff team, we're gonna be right here at the front of church, of course, in a socially distant and responsible way because we'd love the opportunity to pray with you. But you know, before I do share and open up the Word today, I would love it if we could just, wherever we are right now, Just spend a moment, just bow our heads, close your eyes. And I don't want you to do anything that's weird, but I want us to pray before we do any more talking. So together, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we know that even in the midst of this crazy pandemic, we know that you're still good and that you're still God. And Lord, I just pray today that no matter where people are tuning in from around the world, that you would speak an in-season word to every man, woman and child's heart. That Father, that you would take these relatively simple words that I've got to offer and you would use them in some way for your good. So that at the end of this online experience, people leave feeling like they've just heard from you. And we ask all of this in Jesus name. Amen. Well, hey, we're going to start off and I just want to ask this real simple question to a bunch of you, right? Because I wonder how many of you have ever bought a treadmill or a running machine, a rowing machine, a cycle machine, you know, kind of like you've gone online, you've done your research and you've decided to go for the treadmill 7,000. Or maybe if you're not the one that's done the purchasing, I bet you know somebody that's absolutely gone on that fitness trip and have acquired all of these goods and brought all of these items into their home. Well, if that's you or think about the person that if it's not you that's done that, I have a question like, How good did you feel when you were opening and unwrapping that equipment? Like, how healthy did you feel? Almost like before you'd even done any running, how much better did you feel? I mean, you just kind of like, you just kind of felt a little bit more healthy, didn't you? You know, you felt like you were getting a little bit more fit, even as you were just starting out, maybe your first time ever going on a run. It just kind of made you feel a little bit better. And the crazy thing is that you hadn't really done anything at all, yet because you'd heard from your friend that this would be a smart thing to do, you've done that also. And now you just kind of feel a little bit better. Or maybe you're the guy or the girl, and maybe you've signed on for a new fitness club. 
Maybe you've been and had the walkthrough from the manager all around the gym. You know the score. Like they walk you through and they demonstrate to you like, here's the locker rooms and here's the Olympic-sized swimming pool and here's the weights area over here and here's another million bikes and a two billion rowing machines. And you just kind of like, wow, this is... This is incredible, this is crazy. And as you're walking around the gym, even though you haven't done anything, you just feel a little bit better. You feel like you're making progress. Or what about those of you who've maybe, I don't know, been onto Amazon. You know, you've heard that you've got a row machine coming. You've heard that you're joining the gym. So you go onto Amazon and you're like, you're ordering all the gear. You've got no idea, but you've got like the best Nike tracksuit, the best shiny Nike trainers on the go. You've got the top, you've got the drinks bottle, you've got the shaker. You have got everything and you look the part. And when you get all of that gear on, seriously, it's almost like you just look slimmer. It's like the moment that you start to wear the gear, it's like it feels to you like the weight is just starting to fall off and you feel a little bit more healthy. And the crazy thing is you haven't even done anything yet. Now, maybe the gym dynamic doesn't quite work for you. So what about those of you who've maybe been responsible for DIY projects around your house? What about for those of you that maybe have got a chores list and even though the list is long, at the time at which you go into the garage and you pull out the drill, you pull out the tool set and you compile everything that you think you're going to need and you get it in one space, you feel like you've accomplished something. You feel like, man, I'm just so ready for this. And you haven't done a thing, but you feel like you're making progress. Or maybe you are the one that's been out on a random shopping trip, maybe online in this season, and you've done the home purchasing thing. Like you've got the new rug, you've got the new lampshade, you've got the new wall thing, you've got the new frame, and like your car is full of stuff. And then you get home and you kind of feel a little bit tired, a little bit weary, a little bit worn out from your day's shopping. And then you kind of think, oh, you know what? I could do with a nap right now. I could do with doing something else. I could do with maybe just taking a rest from this. And before you know it, you feel incredibly great because you've been on this home improvement trip and yet you've done nothing. It's kind of like you feel like you're making progress, but really you've not made any at all. Or what about maybe if you've ever decided that you want to lose some weight? Maybe you've decided, hey, I just want to like slim down a bit and trim out a little bit. So what do you do? You get into the diet book and even as you're reading the book, you can feel the pounds coming off you. And what do you feel? You feel great because you feel like you're making progress, even though in reality, and we all know it, you've not made any yet at all. And this is kind of a real problem for us all. Because just because you know something or just because you have something, it doesn't mean that it makes any difference in your life at all. Why? Because knowing something doesn't change anything. But it's what you do with what you know that has the potential to change everything. It's not what you know that's important. It's what you do with what you know. You know, and in the world of church, we'd be crazy to think that this would never apply to us either because it absolutely does. 
How many times have you maybe been in a church service and the worship band have started out playing and man, you can feel the goosebumps just moving down your neck. It's like the moment that they sing the bridge of your favourite song, you feel close to Jesus. You feel like, man, your relationship with God is just growing. It's vibrant and it's flourishing. And you come into church and you listen to a guy speak and sometimes you can almost think that doing that should warrant you having brownie points with God. Like, God, if I listen to, you, if I listen to the guy speak, on the stage one week, like that surely means a really good parking space at the supermarket, right? That surely means some kind of goodness should be flowing my way. And we kind of think that just being in church can make some kind of positive difference in the same way that when you get a bit emotional, because it's your mate in the baptism pool that you spoke to for the first time in the foyer and on another Sunday. And you're like, man, this is just incredible. And you hear someone else's story on a screen and it impacts you as you hear about how God has authentically changed their life for the better. It makes you a bit emotional and you're a bit like, wow, this is incredible. It makes you feel like you're making progress in your faith life. But what's true about church and what's true about your Christianity What's true about your walk with Jesus is this. It's exactly the same as going to the gym and wearing the clothes and the DIY and doing home improvements. Sometimes you can mistakenly think that you're making way more progress than you actually are. Because just attending something doesn't really change a great deal. Getting emotional every now and then doesn't really change a great deal. And this is hard for us. Because we all live in this crazy culture that is so fast-paced and aggressive. It's kind of like we live in this fast-paced, creative, innovative, ever-changing culture that is continually progressing. And you only have to look on social media to see this evidenced. Think about hashtags for a minute. Like how many hashtags on Twitter and Instagram and a whole lot more. How many hashtags are there that have just been and gone over the years? I mean, you could think of some, I could think of some. It's like they're just this trend, like as quickly as they come, as quickly as they go. But I don't think that we can follow Jesus like that. But there are many of these hashtags that we could talk about. What about Follow Friday? Anybody remember that? It's like hashtag follow Friday. And on that day, you to follow a load of new people on Instagram and on whatever. It's like, it's follow Friday. And now we're like, yeah, it's follow Friday. Nope, I'm not doing that. Not anymore. I'm like, nope, I'm not doing it. But at one time, it was all the rage. At one time, it was all the thing. Who remembers the Ice Bucket Challenge, the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, and for a fantastic cause, right? But it had all of us sat outside in our garden wearing our Speedos with like our kids filling up freezing cold buckets of ice water and lashing them over our heads. And it was kind of like every single one of us did that. And we hashtag Ice Bucket Challenge. And it was great in terms of it raising the profile and all of that for that organisation. And I'm not against that, I'm for that. But my point is, man, what about after the hashtag? What about after that trend has come and gone? Like, what then? What about YOLO? You only live once. Nope, not doing that one anymore. And it's like, it was such the rage for such a long time. Or what about, who remembers that dress? And I know the argument can still kind of go on today. Is it gold and black or is it blue and black? And everybody knows the dress is gold and black and I'm not having anybody say any different, okay? But it was hashtag that dress. And it was one of these things that it was like, this is all a rage. This is exactly what it's all about. 
but it didn't really last. It came and it went. We could talk about hashtag no filter. This is the funny one. I'm going to take a selfie of me with smoky eyes and everything. And then I'm going to put it out there, having applied 93 filters to my hashtag no filter selfie. And the truth is this, it kind of like it comes and it goes. There are so many things that happen on social media that just kind of come and go. But what about after the hashtag? And we can't follow Jesus in that way. There are many things on social media that we could talk about. Right now, without a shadow of a doubt, we could talk about racial tension, racial equality. This is a huge deal in our country. This is not just an America thing. Like in our country too, this is a huge issue. And I know that right now, my heart is this, like, uh, man, I... I Hashtag Black Lives Matter, I am all into that. Like, hashtag Blackout Tuesday, let's stop show social media for a day. I'm all into it and I'm on it and I'm with you. But this is the thing, there's got to be something after the hashtag too. It's got to be more than just a hashtag. In fact, people have been, let me just go on a tangent for a moment. People have been asking me as a leader of a church, like, what do you think about this racial tension? What do you think about racial equality right now in our world? What do you think about it in the UK? What do you think about it in Liverpool? And for me, this is the thing that I just can't move away from. And for weeks, I've been trying to find and figure out a way of establishing exactly what I think from my Christ fellowship perspective. And I land at this place. In Genesis 1.26, it talks about how God made man in His image. And then in Genesis 1.31, it talks about how when God looked across the earth and saw everything that He created, it tells us and gives us great insight into what God thought about everything that He had made. And He said about all that He had made, including the colour of your skin, He said that He saw and it is good. That tells me that race is sacred. It tells me that it's not my place to call bad the very thing that God has called good. And I hope that even in our church family, that we exist to soothe and aid and help this rather than it just being a hashtag that we move on from. I wanna know what's gonna happen after the hashtag because our fellowship of Jesus has gotta be way more than just a trending hashtag or a trending theme. The way in which we follow Him has got to be more than just what you feel after a worship experience. It's got to be more than the goosebumps that run down the base of your spine when your favourite song comes on. It's got to be more than that. And James, Jesus' brother, spoke directly into this very issue. In fact, he turns around and he says, you know, bearing in mind, this is like the brother of Jesus. I mean, figure that one out. Imagine, right, trying to convince your brother that you are the one and only son of God. Like that for me is a huge tall order. But James speaks about this issue because it was the same in his day as it is for our day. And he turns around in James 1 when he says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. And James is talking about the tension that we struggle with. He was saying that you can come to church today and in the same way that you could go to the synagogue in his day, you could turn up and this could make no difference in your life at all. You could turn up and hear stuff, hear the music, see something that moves you and it can make no difference in your life at all. He was saying, guys, you've got to know you can't just listen to the Word and think that that makes any difference. If you do, you're kidding yourself. 
You're deceiving yourself because that's not how it works. And he goes on and he says, so do what it says. James was saying, look, believing is great, but there comes a point, right, where you can mistake yourself for thinking that you're making more progress than you really are. You can mistakenly think that you're doing better in your relationship with God than you really are because you're listening to a load of stuff and yet not doing anything. And he goes on and he says, so anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Imagine the scenario, he's like in a culture where they didn't have like fancy high-powered LED backlit mirrors in the bathroom, but they did have bits of bronze and metal that if they were to place them in direct light, they could get a reflection onto their face and he could see and look at how your face was presenting. And he was saying, look, when you come to church, and you just sit in the back and you hear all the stuff that's said and you're moved in the worship and you feel emotive when the band plays and when the keyboard player is doing their thing and you're like, wow, this is powerful. This is a religious experience. This is a moment. This is a holy moment. James was kind of like, no, no, don't think to yourself that just doing that makes any difference at all because just doing that is exactly the same as if you look in the mirror. You know, like when you just wake up and you get out of bed, and you've got your bed head going on for those of you that have got bed heads. I'm jealous right now. But you get up out of bed and you kind of see that you need to wash your face. See that you've got like a great big spot that needs popping. You know that you've got to clean your teeth because your breath stinks. And you're kind of looking in this mirror. And what James is saying is like, when you just come to church, and you hear all this stuff and you hear the preacher guy and you listen to the band and you get emotional and then you walk out and only know more stuff and don't do more stuff. James was saying, that's like you looking in the mirror and seeing everything that you need to change about you and then not changing a thing. James was saying, what about like when you sit in church and think, wow, maybe I need to be kinder. Maybe I need to be more loving towards my wife. Maybe I need to be better and sharper as a parent. Maybe I need to readdress things in the business or in the company right now. He was just saying, you've got to think about all these things. What's interesting to me is that sometimes we pay way more attention to the outside appearance than to the inward appearance. What matters the most is what's going on on the outside, not what's on the inside. And we know that because if I were to ask you, just think back for a moment to your worst weekend on the business trip that got out of hand, on the stag do, on the hen do, on the party, when you ended up with him and she ended up with him and she ended up with her and it was all crazy and it was like, what is going on? Just think about that time when you look back on and you regret that you would say that was the worst moment of my life. I bet that you looked your best. Because often we just get it mixed up. We think that stuff really counts that doesn't count at all. And we pay no attention to the things that matter the most. And this is what James was saying. He was like, you can't be a follower of Jesus like that. But instead, and now he's given us the options. Now, verse 25, but whoever looks intently. In other words, now he's saying like, if you will really go to town and look in the mirror closely, long, and hard. Maybe some of you girls have got those like rounded giant 
magnification mirrors. I mean, they're like so powerful. You can see like right to the depth of the most innermost pore on your face. In fact, they're so powerful. If you put them in just the right position on your nose, you can see all the way through to your brain. It's like seriously powerful, right? James was saying the same thing. He's like, you've got to look intently into the perfect law. Meaning the words of Jesus. You've got to look intently at what Jesus said when He talks about, this is what's most important, guys. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind and love your neighbour as yourself. He's saying you've got to look closely and not just hear it and be aware of it and know about it, but you've got to do it. You've got to let it live out of your life. You've got to pour out the teachings of what Christ gives us. He's saying you've got to look intently into the perfect law that brings freedom. It gives freedom. Some of you right now might be thinking, well, freedom from what? How about your sin and shame that continuously reminds you that you're not good enough for God? You know, that quiet whisper in the stillness of the night that kind of convinces you, man, God's really not into you. There's no way that a good and kind and compassionate and loving God would ever wanna love a person like you. You wanna stop feeling like that? Well, you can experience that freedom and it comes when you stop just listening to what the Word of God says, but you start doing what the Scriptures teach. What about freedom from feeling the pressure of having to form and live up to someone's expectations? Maybe a parent, maybe a sibling, maybe a friend, maybe a family member. I mean, imagine having the kind of freedom from all of that. Well, it comes, James tells us, when we do and outwork Jesus' teachings. What about freedom from fear? Fear of what is ahead of you. Because many of you, you think that what's ahead of you is not gonna be as good as what's behind you. You think that your best days are behind you. Well, I'll tell you what happens when you choose to not only know the teachings of Jesus, but do them and follow them and walk in them. All of a sudden, that fear starts to go. You find freedom from the fear. I mean, my question is this. How many of you now are just tired about the way things are working out for you. This lockdown period has, has just brought so many difficult things across your door. This lockdown period has shown and brought the light onto all the cracks in your marriage that you've kind of always known were there, but now you've been living with each other 24 seven in each other's pocket. It feels like, man, I, I wanna kill him right now. And now it feels like this isn't a crack, this is a great big Grand Canyon in our marriage. And you feel like, well, how am I ever gonna find freedom from that? Some of you are tired from old habits, destructive patterns that just sour your relationships, rob you of your joy and remove from you all of your God-given potential. Some of you, you're just frustrated with not being able to make the changes that you desperately want to and know you need to. You're fed up with bouncing through life, following the hashtag trends, the highs and the lows that come and go. And what you desperately want is this overwhelming sense of peace and freedom. And you can have it and it comes, but it doesn't come with knowing about God. It doesn't come with knowing about Jesus. It doesn't come with knowing and having an experience in a moment of worship. That freedom, it comes when you do the things that Jesus teaches. In John 10.10, 10, Jesus makes this statement. 
The thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and life to the full. That is my prayer for every single one of you. That over these next coming weeks, and I'll have opportunity to talk more about what is it that Jesus said so I can do that. But my prayer for you is that we become not hearers of God's Word, but we become doers. And as we become doers of God's Word, we experience the kind of freedom that James talks about. That what we experience is God's sense of peace and joy and mental freedom that comes through this supernatural kind of way that only God could orchestrate solely as a result of doing what Jesus teaches. So perhaps right now, the one thing that's left for you to figure out is, well, okay, what does Jesus teach? What's the one thing that I need to take away as my walk away? What's the one thing that I need to know following this Sunday service? Maybe for you, no matter who you are or where you're from, your one takeaway that you can start to do is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and love your neighbour as yourself, like treat the people around you in your world in the way that you want to be treated. And may you know, feel and sense God's freedom on your life as you commit to not remaining only somebody that knows about Jesus' teachings, but you become somebody that actually follows up after the hashtag, after the trend, after the service, after the thing that makes you feel like you're doing great, makes you feel like you're making progress when really you're not after those feelings that you and I would learn the art of doing what Jesus teaches.